0: I must confess, most weeks I am fairly ahead of schedule on sermon preparation. Uh, There are seasons when I'm six weeks out and it is glorious and beautiful. And there are weeks where I'm six days out and it is good. Um, There are some weeks where on Thursday night uh, your Andover leadership team says, What's your sermon about on Sunday? And you say, The New Testament? Um, (laughs) That was this week. which felt fortuitous. Um, this passage has, uh, I, I've been uh, sitting with it and not having a sense of where to go. Uh, and uh, as the week came to an end, I've just had some conversations that have really uh, moved me to a, probably a different point of the sermon than it would have been if I had forced to write it a week ago. Uh, Darren, uh, talking to somebody, said, I bet what Chad is going to preach is about the middle passage. You've been tested and approved to preach the gospel. And I thought, that's a lovely sermon, Darren. You should preach that sometime. Uh, but, I, but it was not the sermon. Um, I thought a lot this week about what it is to be family and to be friends and to live together. Felsha's doing a program at EKU uh, in counseling. And she took family counseling last semester. And they use uh, this thing called the geneogram uh, to study your relationships. This is like Jan's family tree software Uh, bigger. You have codes and symbols for things like, you know, which relationships are strong, which ones are fractured, which ones uh, have unaddressed addiction issues, which ones have addressed addiction issues uh, around your family. Uh, And this is fascinating. Um, My family tree is fairly uh, Y-shaped, upside down Y. Yeah. Felsh's has lots of branches and lots of places, and it was fascinating Uh, to look through this. But what I recognized is that this process uh, pretends that you're shaped only by your family, by those who are by biology or by marriage related to you. Uh, And this is, in my mind, woefully inadequate to represent how we are shaped and formed as people. Uh, Our relationships are not simply vertical, they're horizontal, they're not all with equally weighted lines. Some have this great depth that bonds them together in unbreakably. Some are, are tethered loosely. We have people that we have in our lives forever who we will uh, be best friends with from the time we're in uh, the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. Felsha has best friends from childhood uh, to people that we meet a week ago and we know that, uh, at least in this season, they are, are deeply a part of this shaping of us. We have people who are biologically ours and people who are by law ours and people who are chosen ours. We have people who, uh, quite frankly, are good for us and people who are not good for us. And we have people who uh, shape and form us in ways that build who we are and yet we look back and go, oh, here's the the baggage from that shaping. Um, And I would love to do a geneogram of my life uh, outside of my family. I've been thinking especially how it has shaped me as a spiritual person. Um, You know, my parents uh, raised me uh, as a cradle Methodist. I know no life outside the United Methodist Church. Um, But that meant I was in a community of people who vowed uh, to help raise me in the way that leads to life. Connie Landon was my Sunday school teacher from kindergarten through fifth grade with my mother. My mother, who could teach high school seniors uh, the nuances of Shakespeare, who could bring Handmaid's Tale to life, who uh, cared what Beowulf was about, uh, could gather with some third graders and teach us Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts in a letter to the Romans. Uh, you don't want the rest of it. That's my solo for the week, Janelle. I'm starting voice lessons very soon to be a more confident tenor, but I'm not there yet. Uh, mom and Miss Connie uh, stuck with us and shaped us and formed us. From the flannel graphs to the, the pictures we painted, as they sat there uh, and trudged through the Apostles' Creed with a bunch of kids, as they told us stories of Jesus' love, they shaped and formed me in ways that uh, I will never fully understand. Early in my youth group time, Chris and Angela Kennedy were these young 30-something uh, uh, couple who uh, decided on a whim at this church they had just joined to volunteer with the youth program and that they would lead a small group in their home for junior high boys. And Chris uh, was one of the first people I'd ever met who acted like the world was not perfect when they were around kids. Appropriately, led us into his life. He didn't uh, cross boundaries of things that kids don't need to know, but he let us know that life is not always coming up roses. And he let me see how Jesus was part of that situation. Steve Smith, my youth pastor, poured into me. Chad Oyer, my mentor in youth ministry, poured into me. Homer Morris, the pastor as I was preparing to leave for seminary, trusted somebody who had messed up more things than they could handle uh, with, uh, with leadership in the church and with pouring into me and I moved up to Kentucky and had this whole new group of people pouring into me, Uh, everybody comes to seminary, and they say, go take the famous professor. And somebody said, actually, go take the junior faculty that nobody knows, because they have time for you. And man, was that ever great advice for me. Fred Long and John Cook poured into me. At First Church, Teddy Ray was part of healing uh, my understanding of who the church could be. Jason Myers uh, led uh, a covenant group where we asked every week, how is your soul? Jason Jackson was both uh, my boss at the seminary and my coworker at First Church and a deeply spiritual friend. Mike Powers uh, poured into me as I sought to understand maybe what God was doing in my life and could call me a pastor before I could call myself pastor. Todd Nelson, uh, today... Uh, pours into me and calls me on my mess. Um, This is just a fraction of the people uh, who have poured into me to get me to today. And in reflecting, I, I also think about the ways in which them pouring into me has shaped them. If you have have teachers in your life, you know that it's not a monodirectional relationship. Teachers don't just pour into kids. They get shaped and formed by their kids uh, no matter whether it's good or bad. We have people in here doing CASA uh, where they advocate for these kids in the court and they know that not only are they caring for these kids, but these kids' stories shape them. And so this web of relationships that even come before now, uh, just spirals and spans all over the place. And then I come to Kentucky and I graduate from seminary and everybody says, well, now it's your job to pour into people. Um, uh, my first pouring in was at offerings and had a particular uh, joy to kind of pour into a bunch of seminarians once they got the past past the point that i don't smile a lot when i'm just sitting in a room people tend to think i actually don't like them because i'm not like super bubbly and uh like yay um (laughs) but i do i love people it's it's true um But to to pour into these these folks' uh, offerings as they were kind of journeying through their faith walks and their vocational discernment. And then uh, they got me out of the office at First Church and sent me over here. Um, I want to tell so many stories, but it would not be fair to begin to. um, To talk about what it is. um, To pour into you. And we know that the relationships are different, right? Some of us have these deep, deeply life-connecting relationships that will be um, transformative parts of our story. And others, we have this relationship and that's, that's fine, but we've not somehow leaned in together. There's two, uh, 297 of you on the Andover All mailing list. Um, it is irrational for me to think we would all have the same uh, relationship. And I'm convinced once more that uh, pouring in is not a one-way street. That as we do studies and worship, that as I am tasked with ordering the worship life of the congregation and tending to your souls, you tend to my soul and shape and form me. If you pause for a minute, you know this is true, that uh, your life is a network of relationships, of people who have shaped and formed you, who, uh, in the best places, do it because they love you. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians bears witness to the story that they've been part of. Uh, The first time they went to Thessalonica, we talked about it last week, they got ran out of town and nearly killed. They they were banging down the doors at Jason's house to come and attack Paul and Silas. And he goes away and begins to write to this church that he has started uh, and tells them, Uh, I did this for the sake of the gospel. All the risk was worth it uh, because I've been tested and approved. And then we get to the end and he says, and I did this all. I don't want want to uh, pull a message and uh, translate this a little too loosely. We were glad to share not only the good news with you, but our very lives because we cared for you so much. Last week, uh, as Greg finished up the children's message, uh, he took a moment and pointed out Brad Rudolph, who's not in the back this week, as someone who had uh, deeply poured into his life because he knew that Brad cared for him and loved him. Brad, uh, for a long season, had poured into a group of Sunday school folks uh, in in various stages of life. They uh, started 17 years ago and Brad has uh, has cared for them when it was hard and when it was easy, and they have cared for him. These relationships that go all these ways have been so deep, and now Brad has had to kind of pull back because his mother, you know, we've talked about it, his mother's had a stroke and is, is recovering, and, uh, and I'm struck by how, how many webs have Brad Rudolph right in the middle of them. I want to talk about every one of your webs but that would be unfair and we would be here a long time and Darren has already told me to not, uh, not go long today. Think of your web just of the people in this building and in this broader part of First Church who have shaped and formed you because they love you. Whether you have just showed up in the last few months because you needed a safe space to land when your church said this is not a safe space or whether you've been here since they opened up the doors And have seen people come and go and have been shaped by deep relationships and shallow relationships. Think about the web and then how that web might grow. What is is the next chapter of your three-dimensional geneogram that includes non-family people? If these relationships are bidirectional, who is pouring into you? And who are you pouring into? I did catch Julie Crowley in uh, the Gathering Hall, and I think she helped me uh, conceptualize something I wasn't prepared to conceptualize. Julie brought her grandkids out to Harvest Hangout, and it was a beautiful moment. And it was beautiful for all sorts of reasons. Uh, It was uh, fortuitous timing for me, because Josiah struggles to come to some of these events, because it's often kids older than him or kids younger than him, Uh, and often it's kids who are very athletic. And my son, not wired for nine square, he could walk you through uh, some of the most astronomical thought things. Nine's scare, not his thing. But Kingston made him feel loved. And uh, Julie and I were talking about the parts of the body of Christ. Some parts we see really clearly in our relationships, right? It's really clear when your knee is broken you got to think about the knee in the church, right? we got people who are moving all the time. But you know what doesn't work? Uh, if, if you, your knee doesn't work if your femur is shattered. This bone that you pay no—amen? Amen, somebody back there knows what I'm talking about. Um, if, if that quiet, calm bone is not just sitting there and being stable for the, for the knee, it can't do the thing it's doing. We can't judge our, our network of relationships on those things out there that uh, we want. If only they are no. You'll be shocked at the, the ways these uh, very small interactions can transform lives. Josiah now wants to know when Kingston is gonna be at the next event. He is texting me four or five times, uh, or not texting, Josiah does not have a phone, just so we're all clear. I mixed up my language. He has asked me four or five times this morning if Jasper was going to be here because he loves Jasper. Some of you don't have a huge web of people in Andover yet. I pray to God that that web might grow a little deeper, and I'd love to help you figure out a way for it to do so. Jesus's web had all kinds of circles of relationships, and we're going to talk a lot more about this over the next couple years, Uh, but Jesus had different dynamics. He had a direct relationship with God the Father, and then we had the crowds, right? We had 5,000 people show up for loaves and fishes, but he had other relationships in between. We often think about the 12 and this kind of group that learned and went out together, and then we think sometimes about the 70 who were sent out on mission. We often forget about the three. Peter, James, and John uh, were there for Jesus in maybe the most vulnerable moments of life. They They went to the Mount of Transfiguration where it was crystal clear that this man whom they loved is the divine son of the God Most High, It's easy in church to find a relationship with God and it's easy to find the crowd. May we find some Peters and Jameses and Johns. May, uh, may we find a 12. If If we're not at the moment where we say, I cannot make my heart vulnerable enough to find a Peter, James, and John, may we find a 12 to at least ask how we're doing and do something together. May our webs grow out of this love that God has given us and that we have for each other, amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, you showed us what it is to love. Um, And then through your Holy Spirit, uh, gave us the power to go and be perfect in love, to be imperfect in love to fail at love and to get up and try again at love. Lord, we give you thanks for those places and relationships uh, that have been poured into us and where we have poured into others. And Lord, we long uh, for those new webs to be knit together, those places where we might uh, find uh, a deep, deep uh, spiritual connection, those places where we might uh, just make uh, a new glancing connection. But Lord, in all this, may we Uh, live out uh, a care for one another uh, that reflects on your care for us. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, who was the one who taught us uh, that above all, uh, it is to love you and to embody love for one another. And it's in his name we pray and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.